Welcome to Channel Waves, the podcast where channel leaders share success strategies, best practices, and emerging trends. Brought to you by Structured Web. Here's your host, Stephen Kellum. Welcome, everyone, to Channel Waves, Structured Web's view into everything channel, and I'm your host, Stephen Kellum. Thanks, everybody, for joining us today. Very excited to have Gina Batelli Brooks joining us today. Hi, hi, Gina. Hey, Stephen. How are you? Doing well. So those of you who don't know Gina, and you should know Gina if you're in the channel, Gina is the founder and president at It Is Inspired. We're going to talk about integrations today, by the way. That's where we're going to head in fairly quickly. And I think I live integrations on a pretty regular basis. Gina lives them on a daily basis. And it's become such a staple of everything that I'm talking about, or we're talking about in every conversation with all of our clients or our prospects. And I don't know if we say it's getting worse, it's just getting deeper. And just the expectations from my perspective is the bar has been raised so high on integrations uh, that um, you just got to have it down today. And what we're going to talk a little bit today is why that is, what's happening in the world today, some of the challenges, and we're going to leave you with some best practices on things you can do. And maybe we don't even have all the answers, but hopefully we could have the questions that you can ask to get those answers, right? But anyways, uh, from my perspective, Gina, and I'll let you take it from here uh, or start it from here, the expectations on how fast and what the results of integrations are are just through the roof today. When we get on calls with the IT team, like if you're not on all cylinders on how to get that done, they don't want to have anything to do with you. So, or, okay, their patience becomes very, very slight. So maybe you could start today with, like, in, from your perspective, maybe tell folks a little bit about what you do and, and why you're so involved in this. And maybe we can talk a little bit about why integrations is so important today. Yeah, so um, is Inspired is a channel infrastructure consulting company. So we focus on all things partnership in the tech stack. Um, so that's uh, data, systems, processes, and the people that make that all tick so that um, you can be successful with your programs and your channel strategy. And so it's really about, we always say we speak geek and we speak channel, and we like to combine those together so that um, it makes the the channel program sing. Um, and so obviously a big piece of any tech stack is the integrations and how to make those work. And, and actually the core to me is the data, right? And so anybody who's worked with me knows that for years and years, since I started, data has been kind of the foundation to us of what data needs to be where to drive what. And so to me, that's the core of the integrations and why they need to be there. And I think one of the one of the things that we're seeing so much is with the um, whatever you want to call it, ecosystems, federated partnerships, whatever term you want to call that, um, what we're seeing is this um, ability to meet the partners and the, and the um, aspects of the ecosystem where they're at and to provide the data that's needed in a very um, real time and meaningful way. And so we're starting to see not just within an organization, the integrations being important, but outside the organizations to make the full partnerships actually work. And I think those are the, that's kind of an interesting dynamic that's making the integrations much more relevant and much more challenging. 
much more challenging. Man, I personally, since I was a partner, now that's been a long time, I'll always look at it from a partner perspective. And I remember when I was running an MDF company, you know, Gina, this goes back so far. I, this is probably before you and I met. There was a report that the partners wanted from a very large vendor, and they wanted to see their MDF, their rebates, their incentive. They want to see all of these, and you could probably pull leads into that as well too, but they wanted to see all of it in a single place. And this was back when you had, you know, you had incentives were in one place and MDF was one place and rebates were in one place and, and leads were in one place. And as a partner, that used to drive me crazy. And I remember the first time I saw a partner benefit summary page at this vendor and it had all been pulled together. And to get that data, you know, now it seems pretty easy, right? But to, okay, we'll talk about that. But to get all that data in one place, I remember we showed it to a, to a partner and they were like, oh my word. And then the vendor was like, can you imagine, sorry, this is a total aside. Can you imagine being a, a, a partner manager, a CAM, and trying to show the benefits of all the benefits that you're giving to a partner and trying to pull them together in four different paces and four different slides, it's just a nightmare for everybody. Yeah. Obviously, with things like AI uh, being in the forefront everywhere, the being able to have real-time access to the data that you need, super important um, for, and, and quality data is super important to do anything um, from a, to make, to realize some of the benefits of AI. And so again, the integrations and some of the things we're starting to see around, um, and, and not that these are new terms, but I'm actually starting to see them being implemented and implemented well in some cases um, around um, things like uh, data mesh, right? And data fabric and looking for ways to unify to common look at data, regardless of which systems that they're in, um, and that enables you to be able to have, get rid of some of the point to point integrations that have been going on, which are fragile. Um, you know, um, they, especially when you get outside of an organization, one side changes something and all of a sudden it breaks everything. And so we were working with a customer who had done that and done a great job of integrating with some of their partners, some of their big partners. And I said, you know, just the maintenance of trying to keep the integrations up was so hard. Um, and so I think some of the new structures coming out and seeing people, I talked to a, uh, somebody the other day who's got um, a data fabric Im implemented and they said, literally, they're getting ready to change out their CRM. And it's no problem because the data fabric is there and it's not a point to point integration with anything. It's one integration they have to write into the data fabric. And so to me, that was just like kind of mind blowing because you okay, hear I, I just, I'm not to cut you off, but I haven't heard that yet. I, I mean, I have yet to be in a situation where someone has said that. That's actually pretty cool. And I, I would think that most of our listeners and viewers have not experienced that. All right. No, I, and I, you know, like I said, data fabric is a term, you know, NetApp has been talking about it for years. I mean, it's it's a term that's been around there and it's in in concept it was it's always interesting and um you know I know Forrester's got a lot of stuff around it and so it's but um I to hear a customer talk about it actually being implemented um 
and the fact that they can switch things in and out is just, I mean, it was pretty cool. <laughs> and I, I think the opposite side, I was on a call the other day and it was an hour long call and someone's replacing their um, PRM and their TCMA. And the, the nightmare in dealing with the CRM and the nightmare of that call for, I mean, you could see the trepidation. Yeah, it was interesting. And I, you might relate to this because you're in the middle of solid time even more than I am. I was sitting back and listening to it. And normally I think about, okay, what's the effort level on my side at a TCMA or my partner at the PRM or the MDF? I literally was thinking, Gina, what's the effort level of the client that yeah. they're having to go through this? Because it's very opposite of what you're you're talking about with all the point-to-point -point integrations. That's right. Um, you know, and I think uh, the other thing I was reading that was kind of interesting is um, Accenture said that 90% of the data has been produced in the last 10 years. And then um, uh, Forrester came out with a report saying that 32% um, of the people they interviewed um, are not getting any value out of the data. And it was like, what's the, it's 90%, but how much is relevant? Yeah, and then I think it was 27 or 28% um, are um, saying that there's no actionable, only 27 or 28% say they can actually take action on the data. And so if you think about that and think about, you know, what we're trying to do in the, in the partnership world where you're using, um, you know, ideally you can be able to say, hey, based on a transaction that's happening, what's the right contact content and the immediate recommended next action for somebody to take in order to have the best chance of closing that deal. Um, that's, that data is coming from multiple places, right? That might, some of that might be in your data warehouse. Some of that might be in your content library. Some of that might be in your CRM. And so how do you get all of that together to start really making that happen. And, um, you know, I, it's, uh, it's exciting. And, and I think there's, uh, there's a lot that, that there's a lot of movement in this space, but people need to really start thinking about what that data architecture looks like and how they want to have these integrations that can be maintainable over time. Right. Because the other thing that's happening, as you know, all too well, right. Is, the amount of the functionality that's coming out in systems and you know the the system availability in the in the partnership space and how new things are coming out all the time and you want to be able to take advantage of those little point things that make your life easier and how do you then integrate that all in together yeah, i mean this is exactly what you had me thinking about and if one lags behind the other, you just minimize the effectiveness. For instance, you know as well as I do that some of the functionality is, well, what if we could in a deal registration have that content lined up from an AI perspective to automatically, as you say, go to that right partner based on what? But it's the based on what side. So the functionality is there in the tech stack to get that there, but then you have to figure out who is that right partner in where in that buyer's journey. And I feel like we're a smidgen away from that. 
I think the tech stack has actually caught up with some of that functionality and, and we just need to get that data to be able to get that right partner. That's right. And not rely on the partner to tell you that. So I always, you know, I always... <laughs> sorry, I, I, I had to laugh because I was a partner. <laughs> yeah. And they don't have time. The whole point was like, hey, we got this really cool thing for you and it's really automated and AI is going to make this beautiful. Oh, but wait, here's the missing part. You now have to tell us stuff versus just going in and, you know. Yeah, being able to learn it from what's in your environment and the yeah. deal and past experiences and all those kinds of things. So, yeah, I uh, um, the 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 vision that I've had for years, right, about where this could be going is it's so exciting because you can start to see it happening. Um, we've got a ways to go, but um, it's pretty cool, right? It's pretty cool. Okay, we could talk about AI. We could talk about this forever, but we're, we're going to wrap this up and let you reach out to Gina or you can reach out to me. If you want to get deeper on this, you can go online. But I thought I would wrap it up with what's the biggest challenge that you see out there and what's the biggest opportunity? Yeah, so I think the, the biggest challenge comes to... Um, really having a strategy about how you want to do your integrations moving forward and um, having that be, you know, making decisions on is it, uh, are you going to have centralized processes for it, decentralized processes for it? Um, how are you going to govern it and make sure there's security around all of it, right? As you're reaching outside of walls. And so to me, that um, aspect of figuring out the approach that you want to take for that. What's the biggest opportunity that you see out of this, right? And and who's going to win by taking advantage of it? So who are going to be the winners and what's the biggest opportunity? Yeah, so um, I think the biggest opportunity is to harness the value of the data, um, to drive processes um, actionable insight, AI, um, and to be able then to use that across all of your systems, right? Um, and so I think that's the, the biggest opportunity. Um, and I think the, as it relates to the who's going to win, you know, it's the, it's the people that figure that out and, and really understand now that they have to get the um, strategy in place for that so that as things mature around AI and the integrations and systems and all of that, as that all starts to mature more and more and take advantage, they'll be able to take advantage of that functionality. Okay, I know I said that was a wrap up, but, but I've got one more question for you on this. And I can't help it, this is the last, promise the last thing, because we were trying to keep these things short and sweet. Um, who's owning this. And the reason I bring this up is because my stakeholder has changed. We're in the through channel marketing automation, but we tie into everyone else there, right? Integrations are hundred percent key for us, but I'm looking at who owns the big project. And it used to be point-based, right? I, the marketing individuals or owners would do one. You had the MBF and you appear in. I'm personally seeing people in the IT department owning the whole project and the whole landscape, I'm seeing a shift 
towards the person who owns those integrations. And it's interesting, they're having to take this all up a level and pull in all of these business owners. It's been fascinating to me to watch how that goes. I'm curious what you're seeing is what I'm seeing just kind of a one-off on some of my um, opportunities or is it moving more towards this direction in general? Yeah, so I think it it all depends on the strategy. So obviously the, you know, uh, data and IT organizations are from a data strategy and, and integration strategy are going to drive a lot of this, right? The question comes down to of which type of strategy you choose. Do you choose more of a decentralized, like a data mesh type of an approach where you have um, products from a data perspective and you have um, organizations that are the data owners and they're publishing products that other people can use? Or do you have more like a data fabric perspective where it's more centralized and governed more centralized? The systems still are in their relative areas, but how the data is looked at is more central, still allowing you more flexibility than all the data being in one place. Um, but so I think it's going to really depend on, and there's pros and cons to both of them, um, as, you know, we start talking to people and I was talking to somebody else who's done, who's implementing data mesh right now and it, to take advantage of some of the AI and they feel like they can move faster because they can provide that to different departments, but still have an overall governing. So I think it just, I think it really depends from an ownership perspective, how it lays out down the road. All right, Gina, thank you for joining us today. It's been a pleasure, Stephen. Always a pleasure. It's great. Uh, and what's the best way for people to reach out to, to talk to you offline? And Yeah, so you can always reach out to me via LinkedIn. Um, uh, Gina at isinspired.com is my email. Love to talk to you. And I just, I love, this stuff is so interesting to me. If you have thoughts, I'd love to hear them. It's fascinating. So here's here's my 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 last plug for for Gina. This was several years ago before we met, and I was asking someone in in my space of friends who's the most unbiased technology person I could talk to. That's no BS. Is just going to tell me exactly what they see and exactly what they work, what works, and treat me like an adult, not to the left, not to the right. Just give me the facts. And they recommended that I reach out to you. So. I, that was a pretty big compliment for someone to say that. So, and I, and I have to say, I believe they were correct. It's uh, it's what we believe in, right? It's uh, er, there's different answers for different problems, and the most important thing is to understand the problem first, and then figure out the solution. So that's what we're all about. Okay. All right. Once again, Gina, thanks for joining us, listeners. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day. Bye.